Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. If you didn't know better, the package tucked beneath the man's arm would have looked like a present. A red box wrapped in brown paper and sealed with scotch tape. Despite the steamy, 93-degree weather outside, he arrived at the physics building wearing a full suit, dark blue. It was just past 9 a.m. on July 14, 1952, a Monday, and the campus of Columbia University was still sleepy. Inside, a janitor was loading chairs into the elevator. So the man ducked into the stairwell and started climbing. He gripped the package and grinned to himself. Let's see if they ignore me now. Up on the ninth floor, young Eileen Fahey was sitting alone in the office of the APS, the American Physical Society, a professional group for physicists. There wasn't a whole lot of work that morning. So Fahey poured herself a glass of orange juice and settled in to read some letters from her boyfriend overseas. The man popped out on the fourth floor and marched forward to meet his destiny. He had a crew cut and indented temples. His eyes were set too close together, and he blinked a lot when he was confused. Like now. His grin faded as he realized the fourth floor was empty. So he returned to ground level. Where's the APS? He asked someone. Ninth floor, they said. So he returned to the stairwell and resumed climbing. The package was still tucked under his arm. It was small and neatly wrapped. But the twenty-two caliber pistol inside gave it a menacing weight. Hi. 
I'm Sam Keen, and you're listening to The Disappearing Spoon, a topsy-turvy, sciency history podcast, where footnotes become the real story. We often think about campus shootings as very modern. The same goes for mass media manipulation. But the man at Columbia was a deranged pioneer in both things. Even nine flights of stairs wasn't too taxing for the man. He worked an active job at a meatpacking plant where he threw shoulders of pork around, and his co-workers called him Hoppy because he never could sit still. He'd also served in the Army during World War II. He'd been discharged for mental instability, but he'd stayed in good shape afterwards. 180 pounds of muscle on a six-foot frame. At the ninth floor, he peeked into the hallway. The coast was clear, so he ducked into the closest room he saw, the women's bathroom. There, he slit the scotch tape on the package. Then he slipped the pistol into his pocket and made straight for the American Physical Society. Inside APS sat 18-year-old Eileen Fahey. She'd actually graduated high school early as her class valedictorian. And although she'd started as a secretary at APS, she'd quickly proven her smarts and taken on accounting duties there. This morning, however, she wanted to savor the letters from her boyfriend, Ronald, a Marine in Korea. They'd been sweethearts since she was 14. And although she didn't know it yet, Ronald was planning to propose. She slid open the first letter and started to read. Never one for subtlety, the man barged into the office. He had eight enemies written down on a list, and he intended to shoot them all. But none of the eight were there. No one was, except a young brunette. She was reading a letter and was so absorbed in it she didn't turn around. He blinked at her back and hesitated. Finally, he asked the one question he'd been burning to know the answer to. Say, have they uh, dropped the electronic theory? Fahey barely glanced up. I don't know anything about it, she said. Then she returned to the letter. The man narrowed his eyes and glared. She was ignoring him. And if there's one thing he hated, it was being ignored. Without another word, he stepped forward and... Three bullets smashed directly into Fahey's chest. Two more passed through her hand and forearm first, presumably as she tried to shield herself. The bullets were high-velocity rounds and did what high-velocity rounds do, shredding every bit of tissue they encountered. Liver, spleen, heart, kidney, lungs. No longer ignoring him, <gasps> Fahey turned to look. It hurts, she choked out. A moment later, she slumped onto the floor. As if speaking to someone not present, she whispered, He's just standing there. In truth, the man had already dashed into the hallway, the pistol still smoking. There, he nearly ran into Fahey's co-worker, who'd come to investigate the noise. The man babbled, You better call the police, because I just shot somebody. You better call a doctor. I I just shot a female. He then careened down the stairs and burst into the sweaty morning and took off running. Fahey's colleague found her face down on the floor. The letter she'd been reading was crumpled beneath her, soaked in blood. Two other letters sat on the desk, never to be opened. 
When the police arrived on campus, they questioned a hundred people, and a hundred more called in with tips. And three theories for the murder soon emerged. First, it turned out that Eileen wasn't the first Fahey child to be gunned down. Five years earlier, her older brother Francis had been caught in the crossfire of a teenage gang fight. It was a scene right out of West Side Story. And the killer had recently been paroled, so maybe he'd gone after Eileen in some sort of revenge. Second, Eileen's friends had a different theory. By all accounts, she was strikingly pretty. And they remembered her complaining about a bus driver harassing her. The creep would actually hold the entire bus sometimes just to wait for her. And he wasn't the only sicko around. Her friends were convinced that some stalker had got her. Third, the police developed their own theory. APS had 11,000 members, and as the bookkeeper, Eileen handled a lot of money for annual dues. And security around the physics building wasn't exactly tight. Some robber had probably seen an easy mark and pounced. But after a little digging, all three theories fell apart. Her brother's killer had been at work that morning and had a solid alibi. No evidence of stalkers or creepy bus drivers emerged either. As for the APS money? Most members paid with checks. Fahey handled little cash in the office, making robbery seem unlikely. And as this last lead crumbled, the detectives swallowed hard. There was no motive, no evidence to trace. Barely two days after the killing, it had all the makings of a cold case. Just one last angle remained. Science. The police went to APS and asked officials there whether anyone held a grudge against them. Frankly, it seemed like a long shot. Scientific groups usually don't have mortal enemies, but officials started going through old correspondence anyway. Meanwhile, a newspaper artist had made a sketch of the killer based on what Fahey's co-worker saw, and the face triggered a memory in one of the Columbia physicists. He remembered seeing a student harassing people at scientific meetings, pushing some crazy theory about electrons. The physicist couldn't remember the student's name, just his school. Northeastern University in Boston. So the police got a hold of some Northeastern yearbooks and started flipping through. Meanwhile, the officials going through the APS correspondence found something. A series of angry letters. They all came from one man, and they denounced APS for ignoring his revolutionary new theory about electrons. The man's name was Bayard Peaks, and he lived in Boston. Have you ever wanted to appreciate books or movies or music from another culture? Do you have a big trip coming up and want to get beyond the tourist spots and immerse yourself in local culture? No matter what the reason, Rosetta Stone is the language program for you. Rosetta Stone has been the expert in language learning for 30 years. Millions have used it. Rosetta Stone knows what works for getting started, remembering what you've learned, and motivating you to stay on track. Plus, the built-in true accent feature gives you live feedback to improve your pronunciation. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. So don't put off learning that language. Start today. For a limited time, Disappearing Spoon listeners get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem 50% off at rosettastone.com today. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Two detectives raced up to Boston and visited each of the six different return addresses on the envelopes that APS had. Alas, Peaks had skipped out on every last place. But one landlord did have the phone number for Peaks' parents in Maine, who revealed his current address. The police arrived at the apartment at 11 p.m. that night. After breaking in, they found a 22 caliber pistol in a satchel, as well as newspaper clippings about the Fahey murder. The detectives hunkered down in the dark apartment to wait. A half hour passed. Then another half hour. Finally, the lock rattled. Peaks was coming home from a music hall where he danced with several young women. Despite the summer heat, he was still wearing the same dark blue suit from three days before. Police! Freeze! Down on the ground! Get on the ground! But if the police expected a struggle, they were wrong. Peaks was almost giddy to confess. He smirked at them and said, Yes, I'm the naughty boy. Being arrested didn't dampen his spirits either. He practically whistled as they led him away. The big question now was why. Why had Peaks murdered Fahey? And why was he so happy about being caught? The answer turned out to be more bizarre than anything the police could have imagined. He'd killed her to promote his science. Ever since his youth, Peaks had adored science. He'd won a mathematics medal in grade school and was always stumbling home from the library with armfuls of physics books. But then came World War II. He'd got wounded in Belgium and was left mentally broken. His mother recalled visiting him in a hospital and hearing him whisper about the orderlies serving human flesh for meals. He never recovered his wits and was discharged for mental instability. After his discharge, Peaks began studying science at Northeastern University on the GI Bill. He was an average B student with a knack for electronics but his belief in his own genius far outpaced his abilities. One idea in particular inflamed his mind, that electrons didn't actually exist. Now, why he believed this isn't clear, but one Northeastern professor recalled that Peaks drove us mad harping on the idea. Hence his question to Eileen Fahey years later, say, have they uh, dropped the electronic theory? And Peaks didn't stop there. Don't bother looking for the logic here, but in the twisted alchemy of his mind, 
he decided that if electrons didn't exist, then several other things must be true, too. Most bizarrely, he decided that he could now freeze and preserve human brains, and then thaw them out centuries later, good as new. As one newspaper put it, he could give humans the lifespan of a Methuselah. As you can imagine, a breakthrough of this magnitude thrilled Peaks, and he began discussing the idea with anyone who wanted to listen, and many who didn't. One sounding board was Neona Town, who owned the ice cream parlor in his hometown in Maine. Town had worked at MIT's famed radar labs during the war, and she was the sharpest science mind around for several counties. No matter how hard she strained, though, she couldn't make heads or tails of Peaks' theories. It sounded like gobbledygook. Undeterred, Peaks began promoting his theories at APS meetings. He also wrote up a 13,000-word booklet that ran 33 pages. The first line of it read, Did you know that the electron never existed? Then read this booklet through and become brilliant. He took $1,000 from his veterans' disability checks, printed up thousands of copies of the booklet, and mailed them to scientists across the country. Thoughtfully, in a few cases, he also included a note, asking the scientists to nominate him for the Nobel Prize. He was especially eager to hear from Albert Einstein. But as Peaks later confessed, Yeah, Einstein, he didn't answer me. I think he's crazy. Peaks was especially angry when APS officials at Columbia blew him off. I mean, for Christ's sake, he just overturned half a century of physics and discovered the key to eternal life. APS should be raving about his ideas, throwing parades and dedicating full meetings to it. Peaks eventually decided that the small-minded hobgoblins at APS were deliberately squelching his ideas out of jealousy. Now, Peaks' behavior here, especially his persecution complex and his delusions of grandeur, hint that he was schizophrenic. And in another case of twisted logic, he decided that the best way to remedy the wrongs against him would be to murder several physicists at APS. In doing so, he would revenge himself on his enemies. More importantly, the newspaper coverage of the slaughter would win him some killer publicity. If APS denied him a platform, well, he'd just create his own platform. So in June 1952, Peaks bought a pistol in Maine for $37, along with 100 high-velocity bullets. A month later, he traveled down to New York one Sunday and checked into a hotel a block away from Columbia. That night, he caught a movie. He also knocked back three beers and ate what he later called an educated hamburger for dinner. At some point, he swiped a course catalog from Columbia and picked out eight physics professors at random. He woke up the next morning determined to kill them all. But after wandering between floors of the physics building and finding Eileen Fahey alone in the office, he got flustered and... <laughs> shot her instead. She never had any idea who he was. Three thousand people attended Fahey's funeral. The procession included three limousines full of nothing but flowers from strangers. Sadly, Fahey's boyfriend Ronald, the Marine, wasn't among the throng. He got emergency leave to return from Korea, but given the slow pace of air travel then, he couldn't get home in time. 
Fahey's parents were remarkably merciful about the whole thing. If Peeks is insane, her mother said, I forgive him. The mother's only wish now was to move out of her home, the home where she'd seen two of her own children laid out in coffins. Peeks did end up at an insane asylum, and he later confessed disappointment at killing just one person. I didn't think I'd get enough publicity killing a girl, he explained. All in all, though, Peeks was pleased with himself. Newspapers nationwide covered his case, and every last story mentioned his theories about electrons and eternal life. In fact, the only time he showed a shred of emotion during his confession was when a detective asked him why he'd shot Eileen Fahey. It was my book, he said, getting choked up. They wouldn't look at my book. They wouldn't even look at it. But he never showed any remorse for the actual murder. In Peeks' mind, his brilliant science was the only thing that mattered. In some ways, Bayard Peeks' murder was very modern. A campus shooting, media manipulation, the thirst for publicity for his ideas— And to this day, APS still holds what are effectively open mic sessions at its meetings. They allow anyone to speak on whatever crazy topic they choose, all to avoid pissing off a future Bayard Peaks. But in other ways, this murder was sadly timeless. His rationale for the sacrifice of an innocent life echoed the rationale of ideologues and utopians and uncompromising fanatics from time immemorial. Because what was the death of one person compared to the gift that he was offering of eternal life for all? For more information about this episode, visit patreon.com slash disappearing spoon. There, you can also suggest stories for future episodes, get signed merchandise, and find bonus material like extra podcasts and pictures. Also visit samkeen.com slash podcast. There you can find more incredible stories from my books and learn how to book me as a speaker at your school or event. And if you like this podcast, please spread the word to others, both online and in person. I'm listener-supported, and word of mouth means a lot. Thanks for listening to The Disappearing Spoon. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.